how's it going, everybody? You're listening to another exciting episode of the Supermercado Brothers Video Game Music Podcast. Thanks so much for joining us. This is a podcast where we share and discuss the very best in video game music. My name is Carl Brueggemann. And I'm his brother, Will Brueggemann. Uh, I'm not going to lie. I'm super excited today. Me too. And that's because we're focusing on music composed by Jake Kaufman. It's always a special time when we do that. Everyone knows how much uh, Will and myself adore Jay Kaufman. And here's the story behind this episode. We're calling it Catching Up with Kaufman. And I was under the impression that Jake hadn't really done video game work for a few years. Really, I thought the last thing he did was King of Cards. It turned out, you know, when I was going through stuff, even though he doesn't have anything more recent than that on his band camp, there are two games that came out in 2020. So this is last year that he actually contributed to and that do have soundtracks released. Um, one of them was uh, like a, a different record label and then uh, one of it, one of them was like a collaborative artist page. But we have new to us, at least, Jake Kaufman music to focus on today from these two 2020 games. I could not be more excited. You know, that's what's so interesting about the time that we're living. It's like, really, how is it that we don't know about this? We do a podcast on this. We're constantly <laughs> like, this is a field. The fact that we miss this is insane. And especially insane. we have a whole community and, of people. And I will say that I didn't hear a lot of buzz or talking about these two titles. I don't know how it got missed. I remember years ago when I would look on Jake's Wikipedia page, I do remember seeing these games listed. But I never checked back in, you know, later on. And I just assumed since there's still nothing new on his Bandcamp page that, oh, maybe... Because there had been a couple titles where he was announced as a composer and then eventually he was dropped or he turned into a producer or something. So I just assumed that was the case with these titles. Not so. Right. So I couldn't be more excited. We love this composer and what a great way um, to kind of come into the holiday season with, with a sense of cheer and fun. Absolutely. And I think, you know, if anyone listening isn't very familiar with the music of Jake Kaufman, I think that today will be a great point of entry. And I think Jake Kaufman, really, to sum up who he is, he is uh, an American composer and producer from the modern day who has such an appreciation to the sensibilities of the classic Japanese VGM composers of the 80s yeah. and 90s. He's worked with a lot of them, and he writes music that is both a love letter to all of that, yet heightened to the sort of most extreme emotional kind of like undercurrents of what that music is going for he it's, it's like true. you know it's it's original and it's retro all at once and i think that's what makes us so excited by his music it isn't just when you listen to it you're not just like oh yes this is accurate you know yeah. you're you you're getting so much new but it feels familiar and nostalgic it's the perfect balance and what's going to be fun is the two titles that we're focusing on today, from a production standpoint, remind me a little bit of his work in Mighty Switch Forest, maybe even Shantae. It's that kind of a, even slightly more modern than that in a way. So that's really cool. We're bookending our episode today with some old tracks. So we played in with a really old track of Jake's from Choice Nuggets. That was I Can Has Mochi. And we're going to play out our episode today uh, with a couple of older tracks as well. But let's get to it. So two games we're focusing on today. Vitamin Connection, and Raise the Dead. 
Uh, and now that's R-A-Y apostrophe S, the dead, raise the dead. I'm particularly excited to get to that. That raise the dead has some amazing music, um, but a lot of great stuff also from Vitamin Connection. Let's start off with Vitamin Connection. We're playing seven pieces uh, that were all composed by Jake. Uh, both of these scores had contributions from many different composers, actually. They're both collaborations. Uh, let's start off with a track Jake wrote called You Must Recover from Vitamin Connection. You guys are listening to You Must Recover from Vitamin Connection. What a strong start. I could not be more excited for this episode. And yeah, for whatever reason, I just missed these. I haven't heard people talk about them. Maybe everyone missed it too. Um, you know, he's been overall fairly inactive, at least from what I've seen. Uh, I know he's not on social media currently. And so I just don't, I don't hear things about him and from him. And so to, to discover this was just such a treat. And when I heard this music, I was just like, we got to do this. We got to do this episode. So, wow. You must recover from Vitamin Connection. What do you think, Will? Delightful. I mean, from the first downbeat, you know, I was enthralled. I mean, it's just the slap bass. Beautiful arranging, so exciting and colorful, jazzy, retro, cheese ball fest, but in the way that we like it, you know, it's corny, but it's like so confident that it's actually really cool. And I think it's the same way, you know, when you think about like Prince or Michael Jackson wearing some like huge, audacious, kind of outrageously feminine outfit, yet because they're so incredibly talented, they like make it work. What's well, about confidence? They become some like sex icon because of it. I feel like that's cause almost like Jake's music is like that, where it so leans into being cheesy and it's so not caring about that. But it's not even just not caring about it. It's like leaning into that and then executing it with so much confidence. It's kind of like the coolest thing. I don't know. Yeah, I I would say that the music that he did for this Vitamin Connection game and the score overall is, I guess, slightly more subtle. I mean, it's not subtle, but like compared to the stuff and Raise the Dead has just really entertaining, fun um, in your face stuff. The vitamin connection stuff is ever so slightly more subtle. And so I think it's perfect to start our episode with that and then move on to raise the dead. Um, this next piece of music is so beautiful and it's just a very short cue. It's only 23 seconds, um, but it's so worth playing. It's field trip again from vitamin connection. Let's take a listen. (laughs) 
There you go. Field Trip, a delightful cue from Vitamin Connection composed by Vert. Oh, it's so good. It's just like that cheesy J-pop sound. You have the strings coming in. It's very emotional. Love it. Yeah, I mean, it's just gorgeous. We don't even need to say anything. His music speaks for itself. <laughs> it really we should just does. Well, oh, honestly, Will, and pause this I'm, and just go listen. I'm to actually these glad you brought that up. So one of the things I'm excited for our playlist is is slightly shorter than usual. So on some of the Raise the Dead tracks, they're very long, and I'm looking forward to playing more of the track. And then even when we come back from some of them, to maybe kind of listen along and talk, you know, just a little bit while we continue to listen. I'm looking forward to doing that later um, because some of that, those tracks really deserve that. But yeah, I mean, it's not often we play a track that's only 23 seconds, but this really warrants it. It's so sweet and there's an innocence to it. It kind of, it reminds me of like summertime or maybe the end of summer. Well, and the thing about Jake's music is there's so much detail, really. And that's why I think, you know, every time we cover one of his scores, we always end up talking about him in the context of like classical composers, even though his music is not classical. I mean, I guess some of the Shovel Knight stuff is a little pastiche to oh, that. Oh, for sure, yeah. But it's more just like how sheerly inventive he is. And he's so versatile, but also it's like every single bar of music has some little detail to it. It's not yeah. like he just kind of... It doesn't feel copy and paste. It doesn't feel kind of anodyne. And there, it's like, yeah, this is 23 seconds, but it feels like he spent a lot of time making sure that every single moment of the piece right. had its own emotional push and pull. So it's it, it's kind of like it's 23 seconds, but it's 23 seconds of really serious composition. Yeah, it's true. And and actually, the tracks that he contributed to Vitamin Connection are pretty eclectic and all over the place. And this is a good example. We're going from that very delightful, beautiful, kind of filmic cue there, uh, like, I guess, J-pop <laughs> uh, there. And then we're going to something that is a lot more in your face. It's kind of swanky and jazzy. It's called Love is the Cure. Let's take a listen. <laughs> So good. Bluesy. It reminds me of the Blues Brothers. <laughs> He's having a lot of fun. I love the virtual guitar solo. This is Love is the Cure, composed by Jake Kaufman from Vitamin Connection. Uh, I just, yeah, I love how different uh, this track is from, from Field Trip. This is kind of the, the Jake sense of humor that is one of the things we love about his music. It, it makes you laugh on top of many other emotions. Yeah, I mean, it's also just so excellently executed. Um, 
I, I love that he's nailing this kind of to me it feels like 1930s like New York jazz this sort of like up tempo swanky stuff you know we we have so many connotations with this style of music with kind of sleazy things like casinos nightclubs you know or even depicting people in you know I think kind of almost like depicting people in Wall Street who are greedy about money or something. There have been lots of different uses of this music kind of yeah. culturally over the years. Some of it, you know, is actually kind of prejudiced and, you know, not based on not good connotations and everything. But what I think is interesting is one of the reasons that music of that period, I think is called back to so much and is seems to be so useful in films and definitely in video games is just because the music was filled with so much energy, excitement. It was like this peak time where melodically things were so interesting, harmonically things were so interesting, rhythmically, the arrangements. It's like that was such a special point in time, those kind of early jazz musicians, when that yeah. was the popular music. It's like as complex and interesting as pop music ever was. Um, but also as fun as it ever was. The one too. thing that is fun is, uh, to me, there was a, just a slight kind of influence from something like the Blues Brothers in that track. And yeah. that's the, we're going to hear that again today. So just look forward to that. There's another track when he's kind of sending up uh, an older piece of music. Uh, just, just really delightful. All right, let's move on to Love Tester Plus Plus. Short and sweet and beautiful. What a gift this is. I'm just so grateful that we have new Jake music to, to focus on on this podcast. Some of my favorite episodes we've ever done have been exploring his music. This is Love Tester Plus Plus, and the sound of both of these scores is so outstanding. I mean, his virtual instrument work is, is really impressive. I mean, the instrument choices, his mixing, production. Um, I think the mixing and mastering on both of these scores probably was assisted you know by some other people as well but yeah it just it just sounds really really good yeah and i think what's interesting is for me i feel like his his priorities for the way that he utilizes virtual instruments um are very correct but i think not the norm where he seems mm -hmm. less concerned with making sure that everything sounds super realistic and absolutely accurate but more that everything serves a really functional use in the overall mix. Yeah. Like all the lines are super clear. There's no muddiness. It, it has the sort of same musical sensibility that he has 
that sort of dynamicism in his chip tunes, whether it's FM or eight bit and the fact that he can get that kind of clarity punch. Yeah. Directness. His music is always clean and punchy and it doesn't matter if it's with the VRC six or with modern dance right. since, I mean, it's just always clean and punchy and it doesn't sound rough around the edges ever. Um, all right, so we have a few more tracks uh, to play from Vitamin Connection. Again, we're playing all of Jake's stuff today, and both of these scores are worth checking out, and I didn't want to um, kind of throw any of those other composers under the bus because I think the other composer's work that I listened to on these scores was also very high quality, so definitely check that out as well. Uh, this is Health Comes First. <laughs> guys listening to health comes first uh and this is from vitamin connection which is an action adventure game i don't really know anything about it let's see if i can read anything about it players take control of one of two characters vita boy and mina girl <laughs> they use a microscopic capsule ship to fight off viruses and other enemies hosting within uh blah 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 so that sounds like it sounds like a really fun idea for a game uh a couple of the tracks that he contributed this one and uh one that we're going to get to in a little bit have kind of like a pop vocoder synth vibe to him, which is a lot of nice. fun. Um, but yeah, this this is just a, a track with a lot of personality. Ugh, this is such a fun. I'm just I'm so happy to be hearing been being exposed to new music by one of our favorite composers. Indeed, I mean it's just such a treat, and to know that he made it through 2020 and was able to write some music. Yep. I just I don't know. I think that's. It's great. Kind of and this thing. in this particular game was developed by Way Forward. So that is cool to hear that he's still, you know, working with them to some to some capacity. Uh, I know that the most recent Shantae game was not scored by him. And so uh, that was to me disappointing, but yeah, no, just just really really good stuff and I wonder if he's going to now do more scores like this it seems like it where he's one of many composers contributing a smaller number of tracks i mean at this point i'll take what i can get (laughs) um so let's see we got two more from vitamin connection this is another very short piece of music it's try it (laughs) 
You guys are listening to Try It, and I'm so excited to move on to some of the Ray's music. This is great music to, to kind of wet our whistle and to get us, you know, excited. Um, but it is a little bit more backgroundy, um, which is definitely you know the what's case. funny. You're only saying that in context to what's going to come. I if know. If we were listening to this in any other context, we'd be like, "Oh my God, listen to these chords. They're so jazzy." I mean, it's super hooky. Really it's super hooky. But but I will say that like some of these vitamin tracks, there's not much of a melody. It's kind of just a groove and then kind of soloing around. And some of his tracks happen to be just very, very short loops. That's um, true. But, but just because it doesn't have a melody... Doesn't mean it's doesn't not amazing. Mean <laughs> it's not incredible and incredibly appealing. Because I think a lot of music that we describe as non-melodic and why that might be less interesting, it's because the other elements of the music might not be intrinsically engaging to the average right. person. But music that's dancey and has a groove and really rapidly changing, colorful and um, emotional harmonies, that that music is very... Sometimes, you know, you don't really need a melody. The top mm-hmm. line is kind of like the melody. If you have smooth voice leading or interesting kind of bass writing... Um, that can kind of be enough. I mean, think about the opening, the whole opening to Billie Jean. Like, you right. know, the the melody doesn't even need to come in. It's just so groovy it's and so dancey. appealing already. And so many songs that have that kind of vamp. I get that sense with a lot of this music that it's almost like this is the accompaniment to the gameplay. And the gameplay and whatever you're doing in the game is almost like the melody. And mm-hmm. what Jake is doing is kind of like the backing band. Well, this is one of the most adorable tracks I've heard in a long time. It's called Zuru Zuru Time. Very poppy, very fun and colorful by Jay Kaufman. Here we go.
delightful, adorable, very quirky and silly piece of music, Zuru Zuru Time from Vitamin Connection, composed by Vert. Love the melody, love the harmonies, love the, the callbacks to, again, to me, Blues Brothers here and there. It's a very eclectic piece of music. Um, this sound, this kind of vocoder, silly, futuristic sound is... Um, present in, in a few tracks on the score it's very silly i would love to know the context of it in the game um but yeah this one is just puts a smile on your face it absolutely does and you know what's interesting listening to this jake's done such a great job with the production and mixing as always and it's such a delightful composition it's so satisfying again all these little details you know just listen to the drum part and where you'll expect to hear just copy and paste right notice all these little details all these things he's hitting all these moments where the groove stops and restarts and all these little things he wouldn't need to do but he goes out of his way to do um, but the thing is, is like I also had the thought that this music is so great, it deserves entirely real performance. It, I like. I wish there could be some exceedingly wealthy patron who could just give Jake unlimited money to not worry <laughs> about anything else but just writing cool music, and right. it will be performed. He can have as large an orchestra as he wants. He can get the greatest living legend, you know, disco guitarists or right. drummers or, you know, funk bassists, whoever he wants at his disposal. That would be amazing. As a composer, he's so incredible, and this music deserves you know, money thrown at it, I think. <laughs> it absolutely does. Well, so we had a little bit of nostalgia there, some maybe some 90s throwbacks. To me, there's some like 70s throwbacks. Just get ready because what we're moving to has a lot of 80s nostalgia. If you like 80s cheesy synths in your face, you are going to absolutely love Raise the Dead. And we're moving on to this week's track of the week. <laughs> Okay, so we're playing six tracks that he contributed. Um, this is basically everything he contributed. I think there's one like three second, you know, jingle that we're not playing. But it's basically everything that he contributed to this game. And after we play a couple, I'll look up more details on the game. This is one of the tracks that's very long. And so I look forward to, first of all, playing a decent amount of it. When we come back, we'll, we'll give our thoughts, but we'll continue to kind of listen along. Um, it's such a cool track that goes through so many changes. Just an amazing piece of music. It's Party at the Graveyard from Raise the Dead.
Oh my god. Alright, Will, let's fangirl along as we continue to listen and give our reactions. We're both just on cloud nine, though. I mean, <laughs> he don't miss. He don't miss. Oh my god, let's listen to more. I love how he's, he's going back to the Halloween vibes a little bit. Sort of those series of unrelated minor chords that makes us think of yeah like halloween or but like now it's Darth thriller Vader. you know it's like mj right oh this, <laughs> yeah, this whole arrangement does have that the strings it starts with sort of earnest creepiness and then turns into a dance party and you know they're so lucky jake is so lucky that that type of connotation is already we have that association with halloween music because of thriller yeah oh it's just a funky guitar Everything has all this rich harmonic support to it. Uh, dude, I mean, everything about this is a 10 out of 10. I mean, there's so many different sections. The arrangement's really ambitious, and it's a big arrangement. There's a lot of parts to this. Great synths, great real playing. Just outstanding. Well, he totally nails the 80s drum sound, like, uh, to a T. It's perfect. Yep. The reason why we love Jake so much, everyone out there, and the reason why something like this would be a track of the week is he nails the 80s sound and the 80s nostalgia, but his composition is just on another level from... I mean, there, how many scores go for an 80s throwback sound? I mean, it's not anything that new at this point. Yeah, there's nothing about this that feels like the composer is taking a day off no, or just doing no, something no. easy or obvious. Oh, and then it just it gets so proggy here kind of reminds me of like Castlevania music yeah I mean I really think Jake is just one of those sort of musical savants I mean it's like you know I think a lot of us uh, have been thinking about the Beatles ever since the yep. Get Back documentary miniseries has come out um, and it's like the way that you see Paul McCartney just kind of like auditorily dictate all the parts to everyone and it's just it's so he has so many ideas and he can just express them at, at the speed of sound but it's almost like it would be faster if he could just play all the parts right and i get that sense with jake where he it's is like, a savant for sure yeah there's just so much happening and you can tell that like it's will all can you imagine intuitive. if you were going to write a track like this obviously it would sound different and it would have different melodies but if it was going to have this scope can you imagine how long this would take you and how difficult this would be? It's like, for some reason, I get the sense that <laughs> this came together shockingly fast. I don't know why I get that sense, but it just, he has, his music has the quality of feeling like it's pouring out of him. Yeah, it has oh, that spontaneous God. quality. And I think, Phenomenal. He, and, you know, it's well known that, um, at least well known amongst Kaufman geeks like us, yeah. that, you know, he is a very intuitive Composer, and that he he works in a very rapid manner yeah. and i think that energy adds something that you hear in the music um but it's something that not everyone can do and yeah. even if they can do it it's like that particular person might be better suited to slow it down a little and you know kind of polish um because they can't work like jake you know right just, so we like did Mozart. hear that whole track um obviously a lot of it was in the background as we were jabbering but listen to the whole thing again i mean it's a masterpiece it's so good all right i cannot wait to keep going with the score okay the next track we're going to play is called trick or treat here we go
guys listening to the incredible track, Trick or Treat. So, so good. This is from Raise the Dead, and the soundtrack is actually available on the Scarlet Moon Records Bandcamp page. And, yeah, I mean, it's like his tracks are just absolute fire. This one is so catchy. What I love about some of his tracks in the score is they, they have such a good and a strong payoff because they take their time and they establish this groove and this bed for a while. And then when everything comes in and it climaxes, it's such a great moment. And that is very similar to, you know, actual 80s pop music, you know, and dance music would do that. Where, you know, it might be a dance track that's like six minutes. And the first minute and a half is just the groove. And then finally, you know, the hook comes in. And when it does, it's just such a payoff. Ugh. This is so delightful. It's like not only the the fact that he can do this, but the fact that he does and continues to get opportunities to write music that's so tongue-in-cheek, that's so fun, that's so unselfconscious. It's like all of his music is the equivalent to someone running naked through a field. (laughs) Well, you might agree with me on this. Like The music is tongue-in-cheek and is very silly, but the quality of it and, and like the effect that it has on you is a hundred percent unironically amazing. Like, <laughs> no, that's what I'm saying is that it's like the, the composition is done in earnest yeah. yet. He's aware that he, he's not trying to soft sell these elements. He's not trying to kind of gently give you a dose of jazz or gently suggest a hint of that. He's just like, you know, F it. We're going full 80s yeah. synth, delightful prog rock, melodic. Well, it's, it is everything weird video that game. Silly music can also be incredible and like yeah. really powerful. I think that's not something that is a natural reaction or a natural expectation. His music is silly and sometimes funny, but it's always so well crafted and just so finely tuned. It's just. So impressive. I'm having a ball. All right, let's move on. The next track we have uh, to play, composed by Jake again from Raise the Dead, is Downtown Rumble.
You guys listening to the incredibly funky and fun Downtown Rumble. A lot of 80s cheese on this one. This is composed by Jake Kaufman. Oh my god, I just absolutely love his contributions to the score. When I heard them, I was so excited. I will say that I specifically only listened to like the first 30 or 40 seconds of them, and I stopped myself because I wanted to be surprised and enjoy this along with Will. So I'm hearing a lot of this stuff really for the first time, and it's just amazing. We have some great synth solos that that he does in the score. It's just so fun. Some of it reminds me a little bit of his Supreme League of Patriots work, his Shantae work, um, his Mighty Switch Force work. It's kind of an amalgamation of all of that. Oh, it's so good. It really is. It's completely delightful. Oh, what a treat. I mean, days like this are, are really special. Um, yeah. You know, and it's one of the great things, one of the great blessings of life, honestly, is knowing that there are artists living in the same time as you making new things that you'll get to cherish. It, it's, it's like so inspirational. I mean, I really yeah. can't overstate how inspirational Jake's music is. And like knowing that he's out there, it's almost like Batman or something like it just gives me a right. sense of comfort. All right, let's move on. What do we got next? The next track we're going to play is Power Surge. Here we go. You guys are listening to Power Surge, which is a track that really surprises you every 10 seconds. It's amazing. It's so 80s. I mean, this is a kind of a different type of 80s that he hasn't explored so far because it starts off with kind of that, that really powerful rocking sound. But then when the synth comes in, it's just so familiar to us, like the palette of this. Um, it, you know, both Will and myself, I, I feel like we're sweating from our workout montage. <laughs> yeah. I mean, but it's like, what an incredible composition. I mean, and it's, it's like, amazing. it also celebrates what was so special about this time. I think a lot of people hear music from this era and they, yeah, it's not they just have all the connotations of the, the superficiality, the haircuts, the outfits, the particular people in the particular bands. But when There's you emotions listen to, that this yeah, music when you listen to the vibe that of so that special. music sent up without all those things, it's like you realize beautiful colorful harmonies that 
felt contemporary yet also somewhat timeless and classical the yeah. integration of you know amplified guitar music of the 60s and 70s with this crazy synthesizer larger than life it's just exciting at the end of the day, it's colorful and exciting is, is and the way to describe it. Yeah. And it's like in the same way that game music, it's like the emotions are under the surface because the music is high, intense rock, having fun. But the chords underneath like can sometimes have kind of a melancholy. They, they have a, a sadness to them rather than like, you know, rock and roll in the past had more of like a bluesy, earthy, rough around the edges, aggressive sound. And I feel like this sort of... Yeah style of rock has a more kind of like painful emotional harmonic language well it's funny will you bring that up because the next track is even more of that like the next track to me i think is actually very melancholy and it's i guess i would say it's another like 80s synth pop dance track not as much rock in it um but i'm excited for this one because i think we're gonna have some interesting things to say about just the sound palette uh, the melody, yeah, it's just it's really catchy, but a little bit on the melancholy side. Let's take a listen to the neon lights of Chinatown. <laughs> So fun, so imaginative. This is the Neon Lights of Chinatown. And yet, long-form pieces. Definitely check out all these tracks. Buy them. <laughs> I think you can buy the individual... I'll check to see if you can buy the individual tracks on this um, album or not. But yeah, just just so, so good. Again, it's like we've said it before, but there's a cheesiness, there's a humor to these you know, over-the-top synths, but the composition is taking it so seriously. This is a really beautiful, interesting piece of music. Love this one. Yeah, it's fantastic. Yeah, Just a little I, bit I, of that I, Asiatic flair. 
I love the way he uses the synths and they're all these incredibly spot on, like the, the 80s cringe synths, like the synths yep. that nobody, that everyone tries to stay away from that when they're not explicitly trying to send up the 80s because it's one of those things where the second you hear one of those tones, yeah. you're like, I'm in an you know, 80s Jake movie. Or has nothing to hide song. in these tracks. He's yes. super, super unabashed. And um, yes, you can buy these tracks individually. So either buy the whole album or buy them individually because it's all amazing stuff yeah this this one's maybe one of the most unique compositions that we've heard from yeah this well and the interesting thing like just to break it down a little bit um compositionally one of the ways that i think he's trying to evoke you you described sort of the asiatic sound but i think specifically you know chinese music um uh, you know, the pentatonic scale is something people talk about, but a real thing is harmony in fourths. Exactly. And um, a lot of perfect fourths and perfect fifths um, and interchanging between them. That's like a lot of the harmonies that you hear in this song. And what's cool about that is in the same way that something like Castlevania does the twofold thing of being both baroque but also like 70s progressive rock that had this medieval kind of bend to it that Mm. it's like doing both at the same time i feel like this gets some of those using those intervallic things that sound maybe more chinese yet those same things also kind of sound like 80s rock yeah because we heard in the last song a lot of parallel fourths and fifths in the keyboard lines and in some of the synth lines so he's kind of like able to find okay what's something that's in the palette of the music i've already established that sounds the most kind of chinese super already, smart. right out of the gate it was a really great choice all right guys this is the last track we're going to play from raise the dead and we're going to end our episode with two pieces from an old album of jake just for fun okay this last track is called dollars in dames here we go
You guys are listening to Dollars and Dames. Such an impressive piece of music. You know, Will was talking earlier in the episode about the attention to detail and, like, just listen to all the little touches. Listen to the drums on this track. Like, go back or go to the Bandcamp page. It's just, like, the drums are so expressive. There's no copying and pasting. I know that Jake does a lot of, like, keyboard performance on his drum beats, which is what I do a lot, too. Um, and I think that's one way to add more mileage and to just make a piece feel more expressive. But there's so much great subtlety on a track like this great soloing and noodling i think that like the sax is probably sampled but it just it sounds really convincing really good it kind of doesn't matter whether or not it is it's just ah what a killer score at least his contributions i think the whole score is good but yeah his stuff is just on fire yeah this is just beautiful beautiful music and fun the thing about jake is he just carries the spirit of kind of what video game music has always been that sort of eclectic cosmopolitan idea of like any genre any style <laughs> any kind of music anything it's will all do valid and it all can be mixed together in you know this hodgepodge you can take a little bit of you know seasoning from all over the place and i think that's something that really owes a lot to Japanese culture. It's so true. Um, but it's something that composers like Jake have been really influenced by. And I think because he grew up studying and loving video game music so much, I think that's why he's just so fluent at this genre bending, at this yeah. kind of nailing these pastiche sounds, but doing it in a way that feels fresh and feels like it's inspired and part of this grand whole of like, you know, these games hold together as a soundtrack. And that's something that the old game composers were so good at. And they had a little help from, you know, when it's all coming out of a Game Boy speaker, you can kind of be (laughs) as different as you want. And it all shares a common timbre. But, you know, with things in the recorded world, you have to be a lot more intentional to maintain that cohesion with as eclectic variety as well, and, you get with Kaufman. You know, speaking of the different worlds that his music exists in, this is going to be really fun because we're ending our episode with two pieces from an old proggy NES concept album that Jake put out many years ago called FX4. And it's going to be so fun to go from that kind of real synth dancey music to NES music. And that's another type of music that we absolutely adore from Jake in that he has his own style and sound here. And even though this was before Shovel Knight, I'm pretty sure this this album, we definitely hear some moments. I think if you listen to FX4, you'll hear some moments that feel somewhat familiar. Very proggy, really wonderful stuff. This is a long track. Let's play a decent amount of it. Maybe do a little bit more active listening as well. And then another thing we're going to do that's kind of strange is we're going to play you guys out with a track and we're going to play the whole thing at the end. It's five minutes, 36 seconds. So that'll be the longest play out we've ever done. I'm not going to fade it early. (laughs) So, and then one last thing I want to say is if you like any of this music, go on his Bandcamp page and support him because all of his albums are pay what you want. And, you know, it's just one of the best ways that you can support an artist you love is, you know, toss them a few bucks. So, all right, let's play Incident Zero, which is a track from FX4 by Jake Kaufman.
this is a masterpiece. Okay, guys, you're listening to Incident Zero, and we're going to keep actively listening to this. It's... Yeah, this is a prog rock concept album. It's just... It's phenomenal. It's it's just as amazing as any actual prog rock concept album. I mean, it's better than 99% of those. I mean, oh my Eight god. 8-bit prog opera. It's just crazy good. Beautiful moments, subtle moments, shredding moments. I love the blast beat, you know, DPCM kick. God. Yeah, Will was saying something which is so true is when Jake's behind the tracker and this album was made in, in Family Tracker, when he's behind the tracker, he just is able to sing and like express his true essence almost in a way that he can't as strongly anywhere else, which is so incredibly impressive. This album came out March of 2012, so 2 years before Shovel Knight. Um, but yeah, every bit as inventive and creative and masterful. Wow, so this is almost 10 years old. Almost. Pretty wild. Wow. It's, He's been it at is, it for a long time. This is unbelievable music, yeah. It I is. Mean, his sense of articulation, especially, um, which is one of the advantages, I think, of using trackers is you can just be so precise about it, and it forces you to be really precise about it. Right. I'm pretty sure we've played maybe one other FX4 track, but it's incredibly... Uh, underrated <laughs> as far as an album goes it's very underrepresented on our podcast so if you don't know this listen to FX4 the whole thing it's it's a masterpiece it's one well, of the best the chiptune albums ever made what Kaufman did give to the whole chiptuning scene is like he has the the command over the tech but with a real musical musically kind of grounded um, theoretical understanding yeah. of classic game music and why it works emotionally, rhythmically. It isn't just flashy arpeggios. It's like yeah. it, it he, conjures he up it, the feelings of our childhood. He pays it off. Like there's a lot of NES tracks I hear that are inspired by Prague in that for whatever reason don't seem to deserve or warrant some of their bigger exciting moments where right. his tracks really take you on this journey where when that blast beat comes in I mean your mouth is hanging on the floor it's just yeah. such a powerful dynamic change well, and also like incredible. yeah the, the the chord progression of the the main section is so heroic and filmic it's like what you would do in a movie for the most epic hero moment superman's flying through a tornado about to grab lois lane like that's the level of epic intensity like yep. it's chorus and orchestra all this full texture and so it's like that's partially also why he wins the grandeur of the arrangement because the music right. underneath feels epic it needs this kind of support and it, so it, it that's what's so cool about it is i feel like he's able to play it as this dream version of what your nes music wants. well and then be. here's the last thing why i love especially going back to listen listen to fx4 is there's such a difference when you're making a concept album and also if you guys are curious jake wrote out these little um, imaginative like stories in his head of what he was envisioning for each track similar to some of the stuff we've done like lore basically and there's such a difference when you're doing a concept album versus actually scoring a video game I mean first of all all of these pieces are incredibly long form there's no repetition there this is a five minute 48 second piece of music with new material every single bar and that's the case with our playout as well. They're just these long-form rock opera masterpieces, and it's just amazing. So, yeah, we're going to play you guys out with First Flight from...
from FX4. It's a masterpiece. So enjoy five minutes and 36 seconds of <laughs> chiptune wonder. Again, Jay Kaufman, I'm so glad we got a 2021 spotlight on, for the most part, 2020 music by Vert. Let's hope that we can have another one soon. On the Shovel Knight Dig website, he is still listed as the composer. So let's hope I think that, that remains true. Would- People would lose their flipping minds if he wasn't involved doing the music. Yeah, yeah absolutely. And, and if I anyone would. hasn't heard, uh, Shovel Knight Dig, in a lot of ways, is going to go into some new directions in art and gameplay and in music. He described before that he's making like a dream 16-bit sound. So I think he's going mm-hmm. to combine FM and sample uh, into one really cool sound. So I cannot wait for that. Yeah, it'll be sort of like an arcade at your home thing yes. with samples and FM. Yeah, I mean, I know he's going to do it great. That's the thing is, I know uh, the three of us, Marty, Carl, and myself, have all discussed that type of concept in the past, and I'm sure many people have thought of it, and some people have done that kind of thing before but there's this part of me once i heard that jake was doing it it's like okay i kind of want to see what he does before i embarrass myself attempting something like this so at the end of our episode i wanted to give a couple plugs here so this first of all i wanted to say that this episode is 496 and so you guys may be noticing that we're fastly approaching our episode 500 it's going to be a really pivotal important episode we're really excited for it what a milestone We have some fun plans on what we can do after episode 500 to really mark a new era for us and to try some things out, some new things out for the podcast. So um, we can talk a little bit about that today, but we'll continue to talk about that in the coming weeks. I did want to also plug something else as well. But Will, is there anything else you want to say to kind of whet people's appetites uh, for our upcoming 500th episode milestone? Yeah, well, we alluded to this a number of weeks ago and um hopefully it's you know something that we can all look forward to i know i'm just i i can't believe it's going to be 500 episodes and it's also coinciding um very Pretty close, close to yeah. our 10th year anniversary of on the dot the yeah podcast. it's going to be very close like a couple of weeks away from that moment yeah so i think because of that because it's such a big number and it's right around this anniversary uh, Carl and I have sort of made the decision that we're going to treat the post 500 episodes as like, he, like he said, kind of a new era for the podcast. Yes. Um, we don't want to say too much more than that, but what we will say is that, uh, it will have a much more, a much less uniform presentation, meaning that episodes might not all be the same length. Um, episodes might not all feature the same kind of structure right. the way that, you know, most of the episodes on our podcast so far have been, there's a playlist of music. Um, we play through the tracks and discuss them. Obviously we've done things that have been slightly different, mm-hmm. but I think after in this next era that we're envisioning, I think we're excited to try a lot more ideas like that and um, potentially to, yeah, have a kind of different approach to shake things up and keep stuff fresh. And let's hope continue to foster and, you know, really just grow our wonderful community, which is arguably our favorite thing that we've achieved in these 10 years is our is our wonderful community. So with that in mind, I wanted to plug our 10th anniversary party, which is going to be happening at VGM Con on April 1st through the 3rd. 
we actually made a spreadsheet, an RSVP spreadsheet that we thought would help people get excited to see who's going to be coming and to really uh, help some of you commit to actually coming to this that that's our goal so if so we're going to post about it on twitter and facebook and discord but if you're not on one of those platforms you can head on to our website and at the bottom of our website on the bottom footer menu uh, you're going to now see a new link that says anniversary party so you can click on that and we'll give you a little bit of overview and details on the party and it'll also allow you to go to that spreadsheet you can rsvp i think we have attending maybe attending and interest interested and also as you'll see on that sheet we have a really fun raffle that we're going to be doing so one of the ways that we're using our supermercado bros fund money is we're going to be probably for two or three people two or three winners uh, we're going to be offering kind of like a, a partial reimbursement raffle and so whatever the cost of a VGM con ticket is currently we'll, we'll check that um, someone uh, two or three people will be awarded that amount so it would help you offset the cost if you were going to come to travel or if you just need some assistance so that's a really fun incentive uh, to come to this party also there's going to be a lot of fun Mark Hotto Bros fam members there obviously me Will Marty and Jaime are going to be there a lot of other friends and family and we just can't wait to see as many of you in person is possible so uh, definitely check that out it's on our website it's on our social media i think that's about it for plugs we're going to play you out with this awesome jake track anything else you got will yeah just i'm excited for this party and i hope people show up because like we said um the i think this is going to be the i mean who knows but i think this will be the last time that we're going to do something like this i mean i the can't only imagine time, yeah. going Don't for miss another it. 10 years yeah um, yeah absolutely so, I think that this is the anniversary party to come to. And I'm so, curious to see who will travel the farthest. Will it be someone from Australia? Will it be <laughs> someone from South America? You know what? We're I just going to say right now, because Will, you made me think of it. We're going to offer a prize. Whoever came the farthest gets a prize at the party. So anyway, yeah. for more information <laughs> on the party, check out our website on the bottom. You'll see a link. All right. That's about it. My name is Carl Brueggemann. And I'm Will Brueggemann. Have a great week, everybody. Peace out. <laughs>